Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chels. Gosh, it seems like a long time ago since we had a chat. And to join us, we have the wonderful, the illustrious, the fantastically talented and really, really brainy, which one of you is it going to be? It's Rick Glanville. Of course it's Rick. Of course it is. Uh, too kind. All right, chaps. Yeah, How good, good, good. And I have to say, we are very, I just want to say, we are privileged to have Rick, but really, we should be bowing before the man who's also here today. Um, he's the internet sensation, overnight sensation, some would say. Um, he's gone viral. I know he can get it cleared up, but here he is. It's Mr. Andy Saunders. It's taken me 53 years to be an overnight sensation. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. It's brilliant. But I haven't been on Richard and Judy four times, which Rick has. <laughs> why, why have you been on Richard and Judy four times? I did a series of books on urban myths. Ah. Um, and one was that people like Richard and Judy. So you went on to dispel that, did you? <laughs> Sorry. So if you're no, listening... They loved the books. If so you're listening, did, Richard... It's serialised in The Guardian. Do you not remember it? The uh, Guardian? What, Richard and the Judy? Weekend Guardian. Do you think we, oh, we read The Guardian? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, yeah, I do. I, I'm, well, you do. Obviously, you went to private uh, school. I haven't heard your rant, but I don't think you do read The Guardian, no. <laughs> well, actually, uh, we'll just put this in context. Uh, Andy made uh, a little bit of a, a rant on, on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk about it in a sec, but we're going to try and drop it in about now. I'm really awfully, dreadfully furious about yesterday's game. And since I don't have any kind of emotional filter, I've decided to shout in a somewhat exasperated fashion into my mobile phone, stressing as many individual words as possible and confident in the knowledge that I will attract an audience of similarly emotionally incontinent idiots. 
You'll notice I position my phone at a low angle because I think it makes me look bigger and a bit more alpha than I actually am. And I'm wearing my Chelsea shirt because I have a slightly needy compulsion to emphasize how much of an actual hardcore fan I actually am. And so to the game itself, even though Chelsea were unbeaten in 18 games before yesterday's loss, I think it's not unreasonable to say that the world has pretty much ended and things will never be the same again. This massive overreaction is, in my opinion, which, let's be honest, is the only opinion that really counts, completely justified because, obviously, all of our players have become completely useless overnight and, frankly, there's no way we will ever win another game. It's clear to me that the only solution is to sack our manager and most of our players while punching ourselves repeatedly in the face. I think it's also vital that we pick out a couple of players to childishly blame for this loss, even though it was clearly a team defeat based on a tactical naivety. Uh, Morata, for example. I mean, what's with that guy? For a start, he's way too handsome. The fact that he reminds me of a guy that my uh, ex-girlfriend went out with in 1987 has nothing to do with my irrational hatred of him. And David Luiz, what's with that guy? I know he's won five major trophies with Chelsea and played a massive part in us winning the Champions League, but he's dead to me now. Dead. And William, everybody hates William on social media and so do I, even if I don't really know why. So come on, Chelsea, sort it out, play all the kids, spend a billion pounds in January or I'll keep making these videos. So, Andy, what gave you... You've heard this before, Rick, haven't you? What? No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't heard it? <laughs> no. Oh, OK. Oh, well, there you go. That's no, your first it's time. Like, it's like, me, like when I never went to see Star Wars until 20 years too late. It was right. like... If everyone else is doing it, I mustn't yeah, do it. Yeah, you've missed out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yours, it's an ironic diatribe on what it's like to be a Chelsea fan. That... I got, I'll tell you what the background to it was. It's always dangerous when I have time on my hands. And I'd been, <laughs> I'd been to, the, uh, I'd been to the, the, the Chelsea game at Wembley the night before and I was still brooding about it. And I woke up in the morning. You and are I did, a brooder. I am a bit of a brooder and I tend to hit the ground hard on Twitter, <laughs> you know, when afterwards. It seems to hit most people hard on um, Twitter. And I... Uh, was coming across these these first-person videos of people that were basically holding their mobile phones up and shouting into their mobile phones mm. and basically saying, this person's rubbish and this person's crap and here's my opinion. And I found it really irritating, really egotistical and, and really annoying. So in a kind of fit of peak, I recorded a parody video mm. of, you know, of what I would be like if I was one of those people. And um, <laughs> Can I just was, say, this was, one of, I was just going to say, this is where you're going to lose a lot of your followers now a parody. I know. I thought well, the man was serious. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, hello to all my Liverpool listeners because what? I seem to have a massive Liverpool following because oh Empire of the Cop and various other big oh. podcasts. No. I know, I no, know. No, no, tweeted no. it out and Block. said. And, and said and, and said that I was, uh, uh, you know, that I, I was a top lad and, and the video was brilliant. And all these Liverpool fans top are now la. following me. Lots of them. It's it's crazy. It's had two hundred and fifteen thousand views since yeah. Sunday. Yeah. It's mental, and it's one of those things. When I press send, I just thought this could be the biggest mistake I've ever made. <laughs> this could, I could be a pariah. It's still good. In, yeah. the, in the next, in, in the fact next, it is. In the next thirty minutes, I could become a pariah on Twitter. <laughs> More of a pariah on Twitter than I already am. I've been harassed by the Empire of the Cop. Before. Harassed? Oh, they love me. They don't harass me. No, but they, they like uh, you know the. the they send the nar. What are they called? Nargles or whatever it is in the Lord of the Rings. The, um, what are you the on sweeping about? beasts. Oh, uh, what they send people after you? Yeah. 
I'll tell you what they said, look, Empire of the Cop. This Chelsea fan has parried fan culture brilliantly. Every defeat isn't the end of the world. Every time a player has a bad game, he isn't shit. You're not more of a fan if you get angry on the internet. Well said, mate. And then um, 226 likes by Liverpool fans. 220. Yeah, see, now you're... It's all about the numbers, Kerry. It's not... Well, actually, I was talking to Mr Gary Hayes about this, and he was saying, actually... Your, your true representation of how you're actually followed is you divide your number of tweets by the amount of people who follow what? you. Yeah, no, that's how they work out your real standing. Do you know what the so best... actually you've only got about six followers because you've tweeted about nine million tweets. Do you, know what, do, you know, do you know what the best thing about this was, Rick? What? That I went racing past Kerry in terms of followers. He'd always turn around to me and said, I'm a filmmaker. I've made lots of films. Of course I've got more followers than you. Did I count it down, Kerry? Yeah, you did. Every <laughs> you know what? No, I've got a brilliant idea, fellas. Right here, right now, Kerry answers back, does his own parody. Well, we have a beef. No, I thought. A video think, beef. No, he recalls his own little yeah, soliloquy. A video beef. To appeal to Liverpool fans, clearly, because that was the intention. <laughs> and my family comes from there, because as Rick has found out, you know, I've, I've known about this for a while, but it's now been confirmed. You've it's been official. doing my family tree. I have. And I'm, I'm hey, a scouser, hey, eh? Is it more interesting than my family tree, which you did as well? My mum was the most boring family tree Well, more scouses, fewer chemicals. <laughs> All my, family works in, all my family works in chemical works at Stratford. It was really dull, wasn't it? I mean, if I was a genealogist, I would have killed myself. It's like, this is the dullest thing I've ever done. Everybody's from like a four-mile radius of Stratford, and nobody did anything didn't interesting. Like the they didn't go far to find partners, did they? That's right. Sounds like the kind of job you do as a favour and then go, why? I know. But anyway, we should actually move on to football, because something happened this oh, weekend. Do we have yeah. to? The rant was connected to... Okay, look, we, we, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, straight after the Everton game and it actually was really hard to do a podcast straight after a game because you mm. don't have time to reflect mm. you don't have time to get a measure oh, yeah, you do, in the pub yeah, yeah. yeah. we only have one yeah. mic as well and so we only have yeah. one Difficult. mic and Andy was really happy as usual so <laughs> you know but um, it was kind of odd because we were saying that night that the writing's on the wall a bit here because actually if teams do what Everton do and sit someone on Jorginho well they've sat two people on really um, we don't have a way to play out of it um, and we're saying, OK, well, maybe it's a blip, bad day at the office. We're away for two weeks, ten days. Uh, that's, um, yeah, Andy opening a can of special brew. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, we, we thought we'll see what happens because we've said, and I think you said this weeks and weeks ago, that actually the true first test really will be after the international break Tottenham away. Well, I think everybody knew that. I don't think I'm being, you know, particularly prescient by saying that. I'm sure Rick said that. Well, no, I said that. It's I'm like, not you look down, you look, you, I mean, thank you for, you know, for, for flagging it up. But I just think that anybody that looks down the fixture list saw that, you know, I mean, there were a couple of early games, weren't there? The Arsenal game and Liverpool game that looked tough. But really, the Tottenham game was the marker, mm-hmm. you know, away from home. At Wembley, I mean, you know, it was always going to be a difficult game. And I have to say, when I went to Wembley on, on Saturday evening, it was with a fair amount of trepidation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, that whole thing, what I'm saying about it being, you know, um, the, the key moment. We've played Tottenham in the past and lost to them and it hasn't meant anything. You know, you carry on and what have you. But We've, lost three, we've lost three out of the last four against them in the league. Exactly. But th- this was a real test of the new system when we come up against a decent side. You could OK, the, the times I think we've been shown up were Man City in, in the Community Shield uh, you, and you, you say yeah. that doesn't count, which is what you're just about <laughs> to do, Rick. Yeah. Then you'd say, well, actually, maybe the second half against Liverpool, they could have ended up winning that game. 
Mm. Other than that, until Everton mm. started seeing to Jorginho in the middle, mm. we've kind of had a pretty nice time. We've gone on for a few weeks about things like, Luis seems to be now back to having one or two rickets in a game. And suddenly, the Tottenham game, you look at it and everything came home to roost. I mean, how did you feel about the Tottenham game? Well, I, th- I think my take... Um, before Everton, I mean, we haven't been playing brilliantly for a while and uh, we were still getting results. Uh, then we were started to draw more and you start to think to yourself, there are two ways possibly that this could go now. You either carry on um, playing not so well and you don't get the results or you improve as a team and you go on from there. And I think, the unfortunately, the former has happened to date but I think there are a number of factors involved. And I think it's interesting that everyone's looking at Jorginho and saying he can't deal with that close attention. Well, he did very well for Napoli with that close attention. Um, you can then look at, is it that he, the people near him aren't uh, helping him out enough? Has he not got the angles that he had when he was with Napoli? Or is there something wrong with... Him at the moment, like an injury, or is he just lost form? And don't forget that players that come into the Premier League are the hustle and bustle, the crash bang all up of the Premier League. Sometimes they hit the ground running and there's a kind of delayed reaction to it where it all gets a bit too much and they start, you know, it's three months in and they start thinking, oh my God, is this what it's going to be like every week? And, and I think, you know, he was substituted, remember, uh, in the Europa League. He had to play because Fabregas had fever. What was it, Barta Borisov, wasn't it? And he came off at half-time. And I thought to myself then, is there something maybe that he, where he needs a rest or is he's carrying something and that's why they've taken him off? And I do wonder whether there's a little bit going on there with him. Apart from that, our full-backs are not getting forward and offering themselves. We're not playing with a confident... Well, we're starting without a striker who is in confident mood and he's not, unfortunately, he's not offering himself up. Uh, I, I was at the game on, on Sunday and Saturday and um, I was thinking to myself, you know what, we should be, um, uh, he should be making runs. If you can't play it through midfield, which we weren't able to, like we weren't against Everton, he needs to be making runs that are going to offer something to, to people. They weren't defending from the front. Willian and, and Eden Hazard, they weren't defending either. So there were all kinds of structural problems. But also, don't forget, above all, Tottenham played their best game all season by yeah. a mile. Yeah. They were brilliant. They, I thought they were brilliant. They were very good. I mean, a couple of points on that. I mean, where did you sit? Were you in the press box? Yeah. See, I was in row six behind the goal. So mm. I was at like pitch oh, level terrible. behind the goal. I've I couldn't, been there. couldn't yeah. really see much. No. I'm down, certainly down the other end. Mm. So the kind of offside thing, Morata, I think, was offside three times in the game. Well, he, he was offside... Three times in that game. Five times the, uh, the, the week before. I know. And it's be- uh, well, I mean, just to go on your point about making runs, I think he is making runs. I just don't think that those runs are particularly well timed. And, mm. you know, he is playing, well, he's playing on the show. Intelligent runs. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, but I couldn't really tell from where I was, you know, certainly some of them. In fact, one of the, one of the offside was when William played a terrible ball yeah. and he was offside. He wouldn't yeah. have got to it anyway. No. Yet still the crowd were on his back mm. and basically going, oh, you live offside and all this kind mm. of stuff. And it's, I find it slightly irritating that he's probably been told to play on the shoulder and if you're playing on the shoulder you're going to be offside mm. a lot so that's one thing it's irritating I think, way, in, I 
I think Maurizio he to... was going mad at him. <laughs> well, fair, maybe he wasn't. You know, he's <laughs> trying to give himself as much of an advantage as possible. But yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the case for the defence for Morata, even though I think you're yeah. right. He he absolutely plays uh, without confidence yeah. at the moment and without a smile on his face, and yeah. you know, and and that's an issue. In terms of Tottenham, I thought they were excellent. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any getting away for it. Those first ten minutes were terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. In, within ten minutes, I turned to my son and went, "This is going to be a long. <laughs> it's going to be a long game." We just weren't in it. It looked like they had more players slow on the start. pitch. Another. Slow yeah, start. really slow. And the, the, the worst thing about that opening 10, 12 minutes was we get the ball and then give we just back. pass it back. But I mean, it wasn't Very even to unusual. the halfway line. We no. were gi- giving it 10 yards yeah. in front of but our penalty area. They were all over us. I mean, totally. they were, the pressing was, was, you know, I think I'd seen Liverpool press like that, you know, yeah. uh, last year. The only and, other, City, yeah. and the only other teams, you're going to say City, the only other teams to, to press like that are Liverpool and City. And it's shocking when a mm. team does it really well, when it's really working together, you know, it's like, you can't get the ball. I mean, mm. Kepa, who's normally really calm and reliable, mm. was just giving the ball away because he mm. was panicking and he didn't have options. He, by the way, I thought was excellent. He yeah. got some stick after the game. Oh, I, no, I, and it was I like, he made six. He yeah. made six brilliant saves. Yeah. It could have been I, seven nil without Kepa. I, I think we saw... I was, it's really interesting because we, I think we talked about this or touched on it that actually, for me, in a weird way, he was probably our man of the match. He actually really showed what quality he's got. You know, the, it wasn't much competition. No, 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 there wasn't. But I mean, compared to just keepers in general, I mean, he did do a, a sterling job. Yeah. And, you know, he got dropped in it by the back four quite a bit. Let's oh, face he did. It. So I mean, you, can't, you can't have a sense about bending out of the way of a shot. Oh, well, and he um, also did it in the second half when he mm, ducked under a shot from mm, uh, Deli Alley, which nobody's even mentioned. Mm, he ducked under it, mm, just went over the bar. Did you see I what Sarri said about that, though? No. He said he, he, David Luiz did that because he was afraid of deflecting it into the goal. You know, and it's like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for defending your players, Mauricio. I'd, I'd get in front, uh, get in, you know, risk uh, that deflection by getting in front of the ball rather than yeah. let it. I mean, goes you know, on the blind side you know, of the goalkeeper. Aretha Bagla, you know, Balaga got some got some stick over that. It's like, I'm sorry, no. you know, if your defender no, moves could, out the way, no, you can't absolutely. do anything about. And, his, and also, when you see straight behind where Luis is standing, is right in his line of yeah. vision. Yeah, so he's a, he well, can't the, see it. He's calculated that that's covered by the centre-back being there. Yeah, you know, exactly. The chances it's are like he's wall, not going to put it there. So, like yeah, he's in exactly. the right position as a goalkeeper for a player with the ball at his feet in that position. But I think, I think um, Maurizio would have learned a lot about what team to start against teams that play in that fashion. And, um, and I wonder whether he'll change the personnel. And what would you change? Um, personally, I, I would have started with Pedro. I wouldn't have started with Willian. Um, We've had okay. We've had this discussion on here that actually, when William and Hazard play together, it's never as good as when it's either Hazard and Pedro or William and Pedro. I think there's something that, that maybe they both try and do so much William and, and Hazard that it's to the detriment of the way we attack. Pedro has raw pace and he also but he's works better, his socks he's off. He's better defensively, and works I think his this, socks is, off. this is yeah. he's got this a real is, team ethic. Yeah. And and for me, those are the the. Main considerations. I also, you know, there's no getting away from it. We've got an awful lot of players who are in bad form at the yeah, moment. Yeah. And um, I do think, you know, to look at the positives that we've been through, this is always, I always think, you know, because obviously I write the previews for every single game and you get into, in you know, the official program for people that don't know. Yeah. Uh, for, on the official website, yeah. And, um, you know, you're, so you, I sort of feel the rhythm and the, the frantic pace that, that they do, you know. And um, I, I really notice how from the end of the European games, for, sorry, I should say from the end of the international breaks 
uh, and then the end of the European matches, it suddenly all calms down. Now, we are in the League Cup, but we can play a different squad in that. And I think that will be the time, that will be the big test of how Maurizio can get this squad doing what he wants to do when he's got time to work with them, when he's got free midweeks and he can really sort of work on the defensive organisation yeah, and strategies to, to get through this Teams putting four in midfield. I think that's a really, I think that's a really uh, interesting take on it. The Chelsea is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Chelsea beer of the month. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. One thing that I took away from the game was a, a, a thought that. I think we're going to be okay in our home games. Mm. And I think that our home games are going to be okay because people will come and set up against our system. Mm. You know, so they'll come and they'll know mm. that we play 4-3-3. Three, three. They'll mm. know that we try and play on the front foot. They know that, you know, that they will have to sit back and counter against us. And you know, I think that's going to be fine at home. I don't think we'll drop a lot of points. Mm. We might draw a few games, we won't drop a lot of points. Our problems, I think, are going to come away mm. when teams don't adapt. They're like, mm. come and play our game. Mm-hmm. And my problem with Maurizio at the moment is it's, he's almost got this kind of Wenger-esque kind of, we play our football it doesn't matter what anybody else does uh, this is I have to give credit to my son who said this is very Wenger-esque mm. it's a bit 90s it's a little bit kind of pig-headed 90s I don't think it's modern football I think you have to be a little bit more prescient and a little bit more um, forward thinking and think what are the opposition going to do at their mm. home ground and going out and setting yeah. up with the same system and the same players mm. and expecting people to bow to you mm. away from home I think it's naive he does He does change it though he does um, it's not always Easy to spot, but for example, against Everton, he switched uh, Eden Hazard from the from the from the, home. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. talking about away games. Yeah, yeah, Everton. but what I'm, I'm talking about, you know, tactically, whether he can change it. I mean, we've. Oh, know, I think he can change it tactically. I'm just thinking about this. We play our football wherever mm. we go. Thing. That's what I'm concerned about. Well, yes, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. You, so you'd be inclined to have more of a defensive setup um, when we play away from home. You Is would drop Kante back, wouldn't you? I would. Mm. I mean, uh, that, that's and, and I know that's well, the that's... popular opinion, and I know that's a bit of a meme at the moment that Kante. I, I mean, I actually like Kante winning the ball further up the pitch. In fact, I've been an advocate of Kante in that position, saying that mm. I like the fact that he wins the ball high up the pitch and yeah, creates things. I'd, you know, I, I have been yeah. that bit, but I think I, yeah. I think it wasn't rocket science to say in that game. Against so you could Spurs, play two away from home. You mean like have Jorginho and him possibly, next to yeah. each other? Yeah, mm. yeah. And but I, I just think that you know Kante in games like that where we're clearly getting eviscerated and ripped to shreds, mm. you put someone who can win the ball there and I think everybody every Chelsea fan on that ground could could see that and it was like come on Maurizio I know you've got a philosophy but let's let's have some pragmatism here but even even uh, even N'Golo couldn't uh, stem the tide if the man on his flank isn't helping him out no that you know if if they're not there was a big gap between midfield and defence well, and I think that's the problem and, and a number you know, of players just weren't Going with the man, and yeah. they were just letting them overman us in in key areas down the down the flanks, and that. Well, can't they, they immediately, they basically played with three men at the back. They had their fullbacks pushed up so quickly that, that was there was my point. Yeah. yeah, there was five against three in midfield. In midfield. Well, Aurier yeah. just plays anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, he does. I'm, amazed, I'm absolutely astonished he that t- we he, didn't get more at him, to he, be honest. Well, but he also, he took Alonso apart. Oh, know? he did, yeah. You know, and I'm not a big fan of him. I wasn't a big fan of him when he was at mm. PSG. I mean, he was an animal at PSG. Yeah, he had no temperament there at all. No, he's got no 
positional discipline no. at all, and we just didn't take the we didn't ask questions of him defensively at all. See, Pedro would have done later that. on. Yeah. Pedro would have taken him on, yeah. and I think that you know you, you you replied to me and said they played four at back, and they mm. did. But what I think what they did is they they pushed up the fullbacks, and Dyer dropped in and made a three, mm. and so what they had five in midfield, and that they were able to then put as you quite rightly said put Ali on Jorginho. I, I thought Ali yeah. was in fact was, I saw Dennis Wise at half time, right. and I said to we was talking to Dennis in the in the press area and and he was saying the same thing that Ali was just he thought Ali was fantastic I <laughs> wouldn't go that far but well, I thought he was as well I thought he played but he said swagger. it was just such a clever thing to do just to put him back there and and he and Jorginho didn't have the answers I don't well, think a, a, a fully fit a fully functioning Jorginho would have been in that situation there's something that uh, Jorginho you know, is making him struggle because yeah. he's more than capable of he's got don't very you, quick feet and just on the Sorry. Jorginho pin, and then I'll shut um, I, I just think that uh, Jorginho is brilliant when he's able to make the short pass, short pass, short pass. You mm. know, just be able to create the tempo, and then and and I think they'd figured that out. And it was like, don't mm. make, don't let him make a short pass. Just mm. press him and press him and press mm. him because he's never going to ping it forty yards. Mm. He's not going to do that. That's not what he does. So if you can, well, uh, if you, if if, if you're he, basically saying he doesn't, and if you're he saying does. he doesn't, he's done several passes that there's been. The those, the pass down the outside yeah. to the to the wing on the, I think he the can outside do of his foot. I think, I think, I think he when, can when he gets his head up. Well, this is the point, isn't it? When he gets his head up and when yeah. um, and when he's got time and space in a game like that, he's never going to do that. He just he, that's just not his game. But in that he game. can. But what you can do is you can pass it back. You know, you can pass it back to. Uh, if uh, I thought the defence was really skittish, I've got to say, oh, gotcha. for not just the first 20 minutes, but for what, the first half completely. And I think what was happening was he was thinking, I, if I put it back to them, and then they were giving the ball away, as, as Kerry was saying. It was a 20-yard pass that was being intercepted. Yeah. So I think it's the whole team has to be up for it. And I think the whole team has to be efficient. And that's what was happening earlier in the, uh, in the season, where we were acting in concert and it was all coming together. And I think, I remember saying, probably on this pod, that we were, what was it, Franco Zola said, that we're like an orchestra and that every... Uh, musician has to be playing in tune and I think that's the thing and that's what we're finding now is that there are a few bum notes happening and a few strings are broken and what we need to and it it is a you know whether we keep the same orchestra or or whatever go punk rock or something I don't know change it up what's frustrating is that there's always this kind of oh Maurizio Terry's got he's got 40 different throwing you know combinations (laughs) it's like that's brilliant just get one pass right that's all I want. It's just that one pass that works because I don't well, care about your faulty throw-ins. Yeah. Just play simple. He I think when do everything, when when it's like you know, when when it's so predictable, when it's like we play it out, we play it through Jorginho in the midfield. He then plays it short. Somebody carries it. We can, you know, it's like that. I just don't. I think Tottenham had worked that out, and it was like now you need to show that you have some kind of tactical flexibility. Here. We still created chances though. That's the that was the good thing. Yeah, we did. And uh, in well, fact, for the last fifteen minutes, I think he was, was it a penalty because I've not watched it. The back. first one was a penalty. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I would, say, I would say, actually, I mean, you'd, the scene them given applies to, to both of them. Yeah, but, but definitely I think, the first one. I think where I, where I, I think, I think where we do, we made changes in the second half, and I don't think the false nine worked. But then, we made a double substitution, didn't we? We brought Barkley on for Kovacic and uh, Pedro on for Morata after fifty-eight minutes. And they, and it didn't. I, I felt we, we were still blunt. We. Retained the ball a bit better, but we were still blunt. But as, actually, as soon as Giroud came on and Barkley went back, I thought Barkley had a good game after that. So it was only the last you know, few minutes. But, and also Tottenham obviously had worked hard and were tired. But um, we did actually 
create more chances yeah. in that last 15 minutes that I think we had for the whole... But I think that, I think that's the key, though. They're 3-1 up. You know, they don't have to push the game. It's 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 easier for a player yeah, to come We could have on. been 3-2, and then that would have been interesting. Well, if we'd maybe, done but I, don't, I, I think the point is they, they weren't they weren't in shock and awe, awe mode when Barkley came on. Yeah. Um, that, that's my point. And Giroud, mm. it's easier for them. So I think you get a kind of false impression of their impact on the game. Yeah, I, I guess that that's also true. The game seems to be dead and buried. But if, if Pedro had got that shot yeah. in, Which, that could have been... Of all the people... You know, I said yeah, something, and it was uh, right in front of me as well. Yeah, yeah. it was one of those. Me, it? That one goes of those. In, suddenly it's going to be three 0 really, and you, you messed you'd it hang up. You'd hang your hat on Pedro pinging yeah. that in. Well, you'd also hang your hat on oh. Spurs bottling it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. what I mean. It's three nil, and you effed it up, isn't it? Yeah. That's a, it's a classic. But okay, so here's the question that you know. Um, I was talking to Gary about this the the other day. Um, he was saying he thinks that Sarri won't change Sarri ball. That in principle it will be. This system, this way, with the odd adaptation, but it will be like this. And if we've brought in a manager like Sarri, you have to let him have this season and next season to find out if it can actually work because he's so set in his ways that maybe he won't want to change other than odd little changes, that Jorginho will always be that fulcrum in the the team. Or do you think he will start going, you know what, when we play Man City in two weeks' time... I'm going to have to change this a bit. Or when we play Liverpool away, or when we play Man U away, or when we play the big sides who will go, you know what, you play your game, but we'll play our game and mess your game up. Can I, can I, can I say something really controversial here, right? I'm like, this is just an idle thought I had mm. on the tube home as a, about as I got to Dollis. Always Dolly, dangerous. Or, always on, I got to about Dollis Hill on the, on the Jubilee. And I had Nobody the, should have to go there. And I had Sorry, this, I had this thought, which was... You have alienated certain players that are not going to be there, and players that you've said are basically not going to figure in your plans. But I think... Danny Drinkwater's coming up. Danny Drinkwater in that game would have been an option, sitting at the base oh. of that thing, because I don't think he would have given the What was the ball it you saw out of the tube window that made you think of Danny Drinkwater? Just despair. And <laughs> despair was what I saw out the, out the tube window. And I thought, who else have we got if Jorginho does that and he's not going to play Cantida? Who else have we got? I think Danny Drinkwater... Fabregas. Fabregas is, in, you know, is, is, you know, is too slow for a game like that. Do you know what I mean? I just think that you know, you've got someone like Danny Drinkwater who probably won't give the ball away, who can pass the ball, who is and disciplined... Purdue. And Padu's another one, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's like, who was on the bench? Zappa Costa and, you know, and some flair players. It's like, I just think that <laughs> there's, um, it just, just the pragmatism is missing. That's my, that's my issue. Well, well the, of course, the, the, what we've got... I'm not making a massive case with Danny Drinkwater, by the way. It, it was just a thought yeah. that occurred to me. Yeah. Just lost I, another thousand followers. <laughs> I th- I might yeah, I make a saying, video about that. Uh, those two hundred and twenty-six <laughs> Liverpudlians or whatever are going to be thinking, "This geezer's not what I thought he was." <laughs> he hasn't Danny even mentioned. He hasn't he's, even... Not, he's not the real deal at all. <laughs> he hasn't mentioned Hendel once. <laughs> Andy, real deal Saunders. That's it. For that Jordan one. Henderson would have done a job. <laughs> Andy, half a deal. <laughs> Deal or no deal. deal, or no deal. <laughs> I'm retired now anyway from videos. I peaked too early. <laughs> but I think what we got actually, um, we're talking about Man City, but we got two games before then that we, we've got to, to deal with. And um, obviously we qualified for, uh, we're playing um, Pauk, we've qualified. There are audition possibilities do you think he'll change there. it though, or will it be? Uh, the, the other thing is, I you don't mean know. in the league? Yeah. But what I was going to say is, you've also got Fulham, who um, we were well, they're, get not, they're not great defensively, under the but <laughs> yeah, yes, um, 
it's on my birthday, by the way. We can't lose to Fulham on my birthday. We're not going Jesus. to lose to Fulham. I mean, no. that's happy that's birthday. Course, right? yeah, happy oh, thank birthday you very much. Oh, much Fulham appreciated. Day. How old are you? Um, I got this wrong last time I was I on. I always get mine wrong. <laughs> I'm 57. Are you 57? Yeah. Oh, I thought you yeah. were younger than that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I Obviously, you look younger. You're much yeah. younger than Kerry. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But what I was going to say is, you know, do you look at Emerson Do you in, in the left-back slot? I like Emerson. Uh, I like Emerson. I think he's had a bit of a tough time, really, yeah. considering how... He looks like well. You'll see him against Powell. I like his pace. Yeah. Um, I like the fact like he can be he, incisive. He can cross the cross ball. the ball. Yeah. Uh, pace is something that He's I think we okay. we looked like we lacked on Sunday. I thought a bit. Okay. Well, then you could say Christiansen has got to be due a shout. Probably. What do you think about Christiansen? He seems to have gone backwards a little bit this, this season. That's yeah, but that's because I, I think. I wonder been if it's just appearance and things. Well, I wonder I if that's grass is greener with Christiansen. I mean, you've got a headless slightly bonkers centre-back in David Luiz and you replace him with a you know slightly unconfident you know young player with a few mistakes in him with all the pressure basically saying be better than David Luiz and mm. I don't know maybe that's what he needs well maybe it's what he maybe it is I'm not down on Christensen I think he's an excellent player but every time I've seen him this season he's made me wince a little bit well he he has tended to make mistakes but yeah. then to be honest um the incumbent has done the same really hasn't yeah. he Rudiger's been good yeah, I th- I, I thought, he was. I thought he was. He was awful. Nervous I thought. On, yeah. Yeah. Probably his. Uh, unfortunately, his worst game this season. Yeah. I, yeah, but I wonder that if that's to do with the kind of like the, the, the climate, vi- the virus that ran through the whole <laughs> no, team. No, but I mean, to, to be fair, Luis is the experienced partner in that duo. I agree. And Rudiger is is the the young whippersnapper mm. who mm. needs guidance mm. from his experienced partner. Mm. Within the first two minutes, mm. David Luiz was out trying to make tackles on the touchline. Yeah. Sorry, that should not... The central pairing but always look at why the he's there. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. He does that. He doesn't generally do it because he's a, a loose cannon. Generally, he does it because he sees there's a... Yeah. Either he can win the ball back or there's a gap. There's a problem that someone's not doing their job. So you've always got to look at that. And I think there was a lot of that happening as well. Jeez. I'm not defending him uh, uh, completely. Yeah, I think he just made a lot of wrong decisions. The whole team, I'm, defensively, I thought was Alonso, not ha- Alonso showed that sometimes he doesn't have his defensive brain switched on and just didn't know what to do. I mean, he... Passing he, as well was... Yeah, uh, it was woeful. Extraordinary. It was woeful. The one thing... Well, anybody that sits near me will, will, will attest to the one thing that does my head in is giving the ball away. It's like unnecessarily mm. giving the ball away. And I, I will forgive a flair player who tries things. I'll forgive Fabregas a little bit for giving mm. the ball away because he tries things. But, but not your, from your basic 10-yard pass yeah. but, but out of defence. Here's you know? the thing, though. When Giroud was starting for us, um, there was a link between him and Azar that was very successful. And I do wonder whether now that he's got two goals, you know, two goals in uh, in the games he's played in, whether you th- whether that's something that's worth just to get us over back ticking again. Do you start think, the engine again with do you think with him there? St- and also, you, that means that you don't get stuck in that no. that uh, melee in the in the middle. You can actually use a longer ball and yeah. bypass that. Well, I thought the ball press. over the top was always going to be an option. Mm, we just yeah. didn't use it. I mean, do we think that Sarri is slipping into Scolari territory. Um, well, no, no, I wouldn't. I'm not. Wouldn't be that rude um, because we can at least defend corners, which Scolari never could. <laughs> um, is he t- is he moving into untouchables mode? Which is he has these untouchable players, you know, which Mourinho did, you know, a little bit. Which is he's my guy. I don't care how bad he plays, he's my guy. Yeah. And it's like you know, with Alonso and mm. Azpilicueta and Kante and various other players, are they untouchable? And is that a problem? Mm. 
he did the same with Napoli that he kept a, a core of uh, nine to eight, eight, nine, ten players that played every league game, and he changed it. He had a kind of shadow squad that played in the their cup, and that's uh, good if it's working. European, uh, absolutely, and it, and obviously it did. But you see, you know, Napoli sort of ran out of steam towards the end of the, the I, campaign, and that that is always a a danger. And Spurs will find it, and you know, Liverpool will find it. Man City won't because they don't do that. So it's a risk that you take. Yeah, but and, you know. I, sorry, what, the, the, yeah, go for it. The, the, the point I was going to make on that is that we don't have a, a really luxurious squad. And um, if the, my reason for saying about these auditions that are coming up possibly on Thursday and again on Sunday is that he must now be looking and thinking, well, maybe there is, maybe I thought I had a settled team as along the lines you're saying, but maybe I haven't. Maybe I now need to reconsider that. Well, I, I, th- I think, call, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think Sunday we will find everything out how he's viewing it at the moment. We'll see with the side he puts out. Yeah, we know it, Thursday will be completely different. Yeah, absolutely. So Thursday is kind of irrelevant from that point of view, but Sunday will be the interesting game. We'll see if anything changes. If any of the big name players change, that'll be interesting. Look, we we got to go because um, Andy's got to go to some awards ceremony for for. Um, I, was here, I was here on time, Kerry. Yeah, we were here at 1801. No, you weren't. Yeah, we were. 1803. No, we weren't. It was 1801. Anyway, we were here on time. You're going to some whatever. What are you going to? I'm going to theatre, darling. What are you going to see? I'm going to go and see True West with that Jon Snow, Winter's Coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, True West. The Sam Shepard play mm. with Jon Snow from back there, Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah. You'll take us over the time limit if you tell us all about the play. You asked me. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling you. I wasn't interested. Really, Winter's though. Coming. But anyway, okay. So let's do. We got. We got. Well, let's hope it's, it's, it's come. It came on well, Sunday. Yeah, it did. Winter did arrive, and and has left its blustery wind around us. Um, or was that just what you had oh, for lunch? We haven't even discussed the Wembley experience. In, in what sense? Well, the size of the crowd fifty-five thousand. Are they? Were they That's limited? Capped. Yeah, they're capped, no, aren't they? They weren't capped. No, because the thought... whole of the top thing was. Patchy to say the least, yeah. wasn't it? I thought yeah. it was capped now. No. They're not allowed to say. I think it's after the, the Inter last, game. This was the last one. I think oh, it might be Inter. I think yeah, it's after the Inter game. I know that in league terms, after this, I think most of their games are going to be capped. I think they yeah. can do a one or two more for the rest of the foreseeable yeah. future. But what do what did Chelsea fans think of the Wembley experience? Well, we've we've been there enough to know that it's disappointing at the best of times. But you know, interesting that if you see Tottenham aren't selling out, they were getting eighty thousand before yeah. they're well, getting 55,000 now yeah. I know that they don't go to season ticket holders don't go and they get 50 quid in there uh, uh, into their account if they choose not to go to oh, really? Wembley. yeah that's right I know a couple of Tottenham fans and they make money but so there you go so anyway, anyway we, we better wrap up by doing prediction time so we'll go quickly for Thursday night's game Rick you may go first Europa League the usual 1-0 the usual 1-0, Andy? I think it's going to be a Dallas ditch water game. I don't think anybody's going to be particularly motivated for it. I think Powell could, have be, could be out before kickoff. Exactly. So I think 2-0, I think a drab 2-0. Okay, I'm going to go for 4-0 and really exciting because I've got a couple of tickets and I don't think I can go, so anyone want them? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then finally... So I, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going, I am going, but you I've got going. a couple of, couple of spare Okay, uh, and finally, Fulham. I'm going to go first because I never go first. I'm going to go Chelsea 3, Fulham 2. 4-2. No, 3-2. 
Well, yeah. I can tell you now, Fulham aren't going to score two goals. I know, I'm just Literally having a not, laugh. Not going going first. That could be the, that clip of Andy <laughs> saying that could be the next Twitter sensation. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but, at, um, he's at it again. <laughs> uh, uh, Ranieri's going to be working on their defence uh, all week. So I'm going to go 4-0 Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, Ranieri's going to change the entire team. For my birthday. Yeah. Well, just for Rick's birthday, I'm going to say a scintillating 3-0. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. You get back to your vlogging. Um, you get back to whatever you've got to do, Rick. Probably something very important. Looking into your family history. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll Skeletons. Tell, we'll, we'll tell everyone about that next week. All right. Cheers, everyone. See you soon. Ta-ta. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.